cheers to this this podcast <laughs> these other ways you spend your time are just not here for you and this podcast has been put in your life from heaven and you Ma, Mom. you ha- Ma. Uh, Ma, you, you gotta stop you gotta stop um i'm not your mom <laughs> but uh <laughs> cheers to this podcast cheers cheers to that a bachelor franchise podcast It's a podcast dedicated to exploring the big stories and questions that only a cultural touchstone like The Bachelor can inspire. I'm Stephanie Jackson. And I'm Josh Jackson. Grab a drink and a bingo card and join us on Cheers to That. All right, guys, we did it. We we just had 10 long, grueling weeks spent making sense of this whole dumpster fire that is Peter's love life. Uh, which means we need to celebrate with a cocktail. What cocktail is appropriate for this one? Well, you may recall during the interview in the second half of the finale when Chris interviews Hannah Ann and Peter, and they get their their back and forth, and Chris says to Hannah Ann, Hannah Ann, you get the final word. So tonight we're going to be drinking the last word, a famous... Oh, I love a last word so much. (laughs) And I'm talking about the drink. Well, I like when Hannah, well, Hannah Ann's last word is pretty cool, too. It was very good. But we'll, we'll talk about it. But yeah, so the last word is a cocktail uh, invented in Detroit uh, during the pre-prohibition cocktail era. It's a combination of gin, maraschino liqueur, fresh lime, and green chartreuse. We'll have a link to the recipe in the show notes. So cheers. I feel like Madison right now because I'm drinking kombucha, which does not have any... Um, it has a little bit of alcohol, but nothing to intoxicate you. So well, it still has way more alcohol than a sparkling apple juice. So yeah, it has a little bit more of a kick than that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm just feeling very wholesome. No sex and no booze. Are you sure you wanted to? I don't know. Um, well, guys, we survived three hours. Three hours of this madness uh, and quite a few ups and downs. This madisonness. This March madisonness. Hmm. Well, I was talking against her name. I know, but it's oh, oh, but it's, it's also Mar- yeah. Okay, I'm with you. There's multi. Yeah, there's all kinds of things there. All right, so and she's a basketball player, so yeah, we could just carry this see? on. March Maddox. Yeah, oh, yeah, but but seriously, there are some back and forth moments there between Madison and and uh, and Barb, and I'm like Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. It got a little little awkward, little daytime soaps, you know. Yeah, and the the picture in picture. Barb cam was uh, was a, a heavy-handed touch, but I mean it was brilliant, but uh, uncomfortable. It definitely heightened the discomfort level. I'd say it was brilliant for about two minutes, and then it just became too much right after that. Did you know that when she leaned over and spoke in Spanish to Peter Senior, that what she was saying was, "Say something else bad. Help me." Really? Yeah, that's what she said. Oh no! <laughs> As if people who watch this like don't speak Spanish, like a lot of people do. Wow! Thanks for looking that up for me. That's awesome. Uh, that's why they pay us big bucks. Our uh, our super sleuthing journalistic skills. We're just gonna you know land this plane. We got a few questions we want to dive deep into, and we got a few special things to go over for the next season. But um, let's just dive into some questions. Uh, 
Um, let's see. Oh, so so the very first thing we have to point out to is we got to go go back in time about halfway through the season. Something we totally forgot to mention because we were on that three week hiatus. Let's go back to the Victoria F date where they're dancing and singing, and there's a you know a country artist performing for them. And oops, they used to date. Oh, how embarrassing! That guy is Chase Rice. We totally forgot to mention, and no one else seemed to mention this either. Chase Rice was a was runner up for number one on a season of Survivor. And we love Survivor. So yes. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. We love this show so much. Um, we, we've gotten in the habit of watching old seasons on Amazon Prime. And we're keeping up with the current season, which if you haven't checked it out, if you haven't seen Survivor in forever, it doesn't matter. The current season is so amazing. It's season 40. Yes, they've been doing this 40 seasons worth of time, which is insane. Yes. And it is currently a season called Winners at War, and every single contestant is somebody who has won the game of Survivor before. And it's so good. So there aren't any dumb players. Everyone there is an ace. Super smart. Yeah, so it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, but Chase Rice was one of the people that almost became a winner. He's in the, the, the top three in his season, and he was a goofy mofo and he even got to it was really funny so at one point uh jeff probst the host of the show during the final kind of um almost like the women tell all of it's Survivor. like their reunion show kind of yeah. thing that they have right after they announce the winner he he's like well chase rice is an, is an aspiring country artist we're gonna let him play us out and like he played some you know goofy ass you know uh wannabe country song and and then fast forward it was very awkward yeah in the moment and fast forward to this whole... He was wearing a vest. <laughs> fast forward to this whole Victoria F situation. I mean, he's come a long way. I mean, not you know, not long enough in my opinion. But yeah, Chase Rice. No one ever mentioned this. But yeah, he's, he's a, of survivor fame. So there's that. Also, in terms of other TV appearances made by some of these people, um, I discovered perusing Madison's Instagram last night, which is very cute and enjoyable to look through, that in 2018, she was on The Price is Right, which is awesome. Hashtag $1 Bob. I don't know if she got to spin the big wheel, but she definitely made it onto the stage. So good job, Madison. Yeah. So, I mean, quite a pedigree on this season. She got to meet Drew Carey. So (laughs) what more could you want? Well, and that ties back to the whole Cleveland thing. You're right. It's like a big conspiracy. This is this is a pretty deep stuff we're diving into here. But okay, so enough of that. Chase Rice and whatnot. Um, first of all, I was very upset uh, during the second half of the finale. This whole you know this series version of the fence jump from Colton season was such a disappointment. They were teasing this from the very first second when the very first opening scene of this season started it was a you know a bird's eye view of the of the canyon rocks and a and a like falcon and then cutting straight to you know chris harrison saying i got some news what i can't believe it and they just left it hanging and all that was was hannah ann might not show up oh no what do i do i'm gonna sit here on a couch and cry for a minute and then she just showed up that, that was the entire thing yeah, they're just openly screwing with him at this point. I mean, there was no... Well, and us, too. Yeah, but I mean, in that moment, there was no reason for him to think that Hannah Ann wouldn't come to, you know, the proposal. He was just going like, I don't know if she's going to come or not. 
Like, well, yeah, she could get hit by a bus, like, but well, probably not in the outback, but <laughs> she could get trampled by a wallaby hood. <laughs> well, some, wallaby. some, some at. But, um, you know, but I mean, you know, of course you don't know for sure, but like probably like, she's going to show she up. Carried off by a dingo. The dingo could eat that baby. Oi, struth. <laughs> Fair dinkum, mate. Okay. Yeah, good eye. I don't know. Um, Sheila's. Yeah. <laughs> we're so culturally. I used to, re- hey. Not, we're so culturally respectful. No, I used to live in Newcastle, so I can, these are my peeps. And I have long thought that Australians are funny with their accents. So, you know, it's legit. It's the same thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just saying that was just them openly creating drama, just whole cloth, like out of nothing. So let's, let's, let's talk about the, the, the Hannah Ann thing. Cause I, I saw, you know, I've subscribed to a lot of meme profiles on, on Instagram and they're pretty hilarious, but pretty much across the board, everyone's saying like, where was this chick the other nine episodes of this season, like she had no personality, all of a sudden, boom! Like she's like instant, you know, strap on a porta spine, like, and now she's a she's an adult. And it was like, where was this? Girl? I would have liked this girl way better. If I, I know, knew. I liked it so much. I liked her so much, and I, I think it really shows what happens with women, men too, I guess, but more often than not, women who just decide to be as compliant as possible mm-hmm. as long as things are kind of going their way. And then, you know, something, once there's some kind of conflict or something that violates their their sense of comfort or their security, all of a sudden it's like, oh, they it's not that they're not decisive or that they don't have opinions or points of view or or that they don't know what they want or something like that. I mean, she she knew what she wanted right. and she was very articulate in the way that she uh, asserted that. And it was, it was really great to see. And it kind of makes me wonder if she had shown that earlier, if Peter would have been more attracted to her. I, I'm not, I think so. I'm I, not saying that that would have been a good thing, but I'm just saying like, I wonder if he would have, because he seems to be attracted to strong women. I guess probably why he's attracted to Victoria F. There's like this kind of, um, you know, I think of it like this, like you might remember the, the punk ish rock band from the nineties, the offspring, what the album that I'm thinking of it, you know, there's this uh, song called self-esteem and there's this line in it that goes, the more you suffer, the more it shows you really care. Right. And, um, I feel like that's kind of what Peter thinks basically like if, if, if it's difficult, then that must be mean that it's true or mean that it's more authentic, uh, versus, pleasant and therefore it must be fake and so with yeah he definitely conflates friction with meaning right and and we'll we'll get into the dynamic with his parents but that was something that i agreed with that peter senior talks about it's like if it's if it's so much work up front that's probably not good uh we'll we'll get into that but i think it's totally true he uh, he was enamored with victoria f way too long probably because tension meant meaning and uh and excitement yeah and and that's very unfortunately not true most of the time but so hannah ann i mean we this isn't a recap podcast uh we're just going to dive into this kind of stuff uh, because we only got so much time in the day but um you know hannah ann they get they get engaged and then peter does the i don't know thing and breaks up with her and stuff and 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 she the question i have is this i was going to bring this up is um when he's apologizing to her during the breakup when they're videotaping in that weird like photo booth 
mirror Airbnb situation, whatever that was. My question is this. When guys break up with girls and they feel bad about it, what is the appropriate way to apologize? Because you've seen this before in this in this show. So I remember a similar situation in Bachelor in Paradise when Kirk broke up with Carly out of nowhere. And he's like chasing her around going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it's like, she's like, stop it. You saw this a little bit with, with Peter. Like, I'm curious, what is the appropriate way for a guy to apologize? Because I know, I know why guys apologize, but like, what's the appropriate way to do it and not come off annoying? Like when Hannah's like, okay, go, like shoving him out of the window of the yeah, car. Yeah, I mean, Ari did the same thing. He just chased her around that other Airbnb and just like got in her face as if she's going to want to like hug him or something. Yeah. Um, again, shout out to Allie Barthwell. I promise I'm not getting kickbacks. I just really love her recaps from Vulture. Um, she said she was basically talking about how Peter was so approval seeking with Hannah Ann that he followed her all around that house and even out to the car tried to hug her and then like stuck his head in the suv and she she just said when you break up with someone they don't want to make out with you which (laughs) i just really appreciate it because it's like it's so true he's and he even showed that he's such a a pleaser and such an approval seeker by contacting her parents and saying if we had only met outside of reality tv this would have been different it's like dude leave them alone all you can say is I'm so sorry that this didn't work out and that I hurt her. And that was never my intention, but there's really no good way. There's no good way to give the person space. And these guys are so interested in being liked as they're rejecting someone that they, they can't even process that. It's important to give them space and give them dignity. I mean, he couldn't even like Hannah Ann held it so together. I was afraid she was going to start like break down and crying and she didn't. And I was like, man, she's amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, he kept following her and she kept talking. I'm like, Oh, surely she's going to cry surely. And he's going to just like make her look like more pitiful than she needs to on camera. And she still held it together. It was amazing, but very poised, but he really was like, pushing her to the point that I was like, surely she's going to break down because he just couldn't leave her alone. And it's like, you, you, your opportunity for validation from this person is done. Like give her space, give her the, give her the, the respect to like preserve her dignity on camera. She's on TV right now. Yeah. And he just, he didn't do it. So, I mean, I think that would be a good first step is like, give her some space, you know, don't like follow her around going like, but we're still cool. Right. Yeah, I, I just don't get that. I don't get the whole, like, we can still be friends, right? I, it's just like... I mean, she hit the nail on the head when she said, like, I don't need to hear anything else from you. You've done enough damage already. I was like, whoa. That's, yeah. He, there's nothing more he can say to, like, improve this situation. If, if I can if I can basically summarize, like, Peter this entire season, it's like, this analogy is this. Like, someone's, like person A takes takes Peter to a restaurant, and Peter eats this restaurant and goes oh my gosh, this is the best restaurant ever. I never had food this good before in my life. Then person B takes him to another restaurant, a different kind of restaurant altogether, and he's like, oh my gosh, this is the best food I've ever had in my entire life. I've never had a better restaurant experience in my life. Then person C takes him to like another kind of restaurant, say an Indian restaurant. Wow, Indian food is my favorite food now. And then basically person A goes to take him back to their first restaurant for his birthday saying, this is your favorite food, right? And he's like, uh, he's already said that, like, all these other restaurants are his favorite food, too. And it's like, 
they can't all be your favorite restaurant. And he's basically been doing that all season. Like, yeah, you're, my he, favorite, you're my favorite restaurant. And he especially did it at the end when he said about Hannah Ann and Madison individually, she is the most beautiful soul or heart, you know, right. or most amazing person I've ever met. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I don't think you understand how superlatives work. It's, it's, very, it's very clear from the body language, especially from the final two episodes, that he preferred Madison to Hannah. It was very, very obvious. So what a mature person would do is if Madison bows out, you don't just go, well, I got to marry somebody and just like get engaged to Hannah and by default, he literally But his said, family was so into Hannah Ann and he had to please somebody. And so he could please, they were so happy when so, he chose it's her. It's so gross. It's just it was so, just really p- pathetic. I got, I got notes on that, which we'll get into, but like, it's like he literally said to Hannah Ann, like, well, Madison left two days ago. So you're the best and you're so great. It's like, it's like how could Hannah Ann, how did she not catch that? Like, at, in well, the moment? but she had no idea. Like she said, she had no idea what she was saying yes to. She didn't know that, you know, I mean, until that moment, which in a matter of seconds to minutes, he proposed right after saying she left. She didn't know the circumstances. She didn't know anything that had gone on. Right. But but he literally started his proposal speech with Madison left two days ago. Like, no, he started it with, you know, you've you've been my rock. You've been there the entire time. And every every time, all the time we've spent together has been so amazing. And he was just like amping her up and amping her up. And then he was like. And my heart's been in two places, but she left two days ago. She could have taken from that, I sent her home two days ago. Right. That's probably what she thought. So it really was so unfair because she had no idea what was going on. And she's right when she says, like, you could have taken a second and told me what had happened (laughs) and what I was saying yes to. Because that's a huge decision to just be like, oh, well, you know. We'll talk about it later. It's like no, no. You need to. <laughs> you need to talk about it before. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm super impressed with her and how she just took care of business. I man. So so at the root of all this, it, it's just very obvious to me that a lot of this stems from Peter's crazy family. So I want to kick off a new segment that we're going to come back to here and there on the show. We're going to call it Armchair Psychologist. That's right. It's called Armchair Psychologist. It's when I take all the anecdotal information I've acquired over the years and pretend to actually know what I'm talking about when discussing the psychology of other people on TV. And then I take the limited amount of knowledge in my female brain and I pick up the scripts and interject a feeble thought or two. (laughs) So here is my thing. So Stephanie and I are married. And prior to being married, we did... To each other. Yeah. (laughs) Make that clear. Uh, Prior to our marriage, we had premarital counseling. And we went for three sessions, four sessions. It's fine. And we had this counselor who... who, um, It was really interesting. He he made this kind of an XY chart... um, and broke it up into four quadrants and basically said like on the x axis you have uh enmeshed on one end of the spectrum and detached on the other end of the spectrum and on the y axis you have rigid at the top of the y continuum and then you have very loose or kind of permissive permissive, yes on the bottom uh, of the spectrum and basically you kind of have these quadrants okay where does your family background your family behavior kind of fit within that uh 
and he and he would list off all these different um like psychoses and disorders that kind of stem from like a really detached but rigid um you know family or you know vice versa parenting style basically yeah how you were raised by your parents and how that would affect you and if if it's very unhealthy in one direction or that you can get like you know eating disorders or drug addictions or uh, all kinds of stuff and so it's very clear throughout the whole Hannah Brown situation throughout the whole Peter season Peter's family are all up in that biz uh, up to the point where I mean how awkward was it in the finale when they're both with Hannah's date meeting the family and Madison's they're talking about how she behaved when finding out that he had sex with two other people it's like and they're just kind of like okay with it it's it's like i felt super like you're being way too relaxed in the way you're talking about this with with his parents uh you have other situations too where it's like barb is coming down on madison for like condemning him for like being out clubbing and partying all the time like you shouldn't change that it's like well and and bringing home random girls to their house. Yeah, the house that they own that I just think that's he lives in. super weird that she's like, no, this is wonderful, and he should be allowed to do that without any kind of criticism. It's very strange. It's like, you, you made this funny joke a few weeks back, like, he just seems like he never got spanked as a kid, you know? Yeah, I mean, he seems like he can just do no wrong in their eyes, and it's really, really bizarre, because he's done lots of wrong in his own eyes and in ours yeah. as viewers. So it's like, I understand, like, you want to have some version of unconditional love for your child, but that doesn't mean approval. And it's interesting, too, because even though Peter has gotten seemingly nonstop approval from his parents, he still seeks it so much from partners. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, no kidding. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's very much a pleaser. And you, you can see during the, the kind of combative situation between Madison and Barb how much her opinion matters and how, how much her personality kind of just eclipses everything. Like, he probably had to spend a lot of time managing her emotions as a kid. We're going to get even more uh, advanced with this armchair psychology stuff. There are different kinds of attachment that children develop uh, at a very young age with their parents. So one of the attachment styles that I've researched is called ambivalent attachment. And that's what happens to children who whose parents are inconsistent in the way they, they uh, take care of the child growing up. And one of the ways that manifests is a child is constantly having to manage the emotions of the parent. They're always wa- wondering okay, is this a good day or a bad day? Is mom upset today or is she happy today? Is Did dad have a bad day at work or is dad in a good mood today? And they have to constantly manage themselves around their parents depending on the emotions their parents are displaying at all times. They become very anxious. Uh, and this can result in a very kind of weird way of behaving as adults. They uh, are always worried about whether or not their their you know love partner will... Um, break up with them or not uh just a very kind of insecure way of managing the relationships around them and so i'm just you know projecting an idea out there but um as any good armchair psychologist does yes of course um i I mean i have my my armchair degree on the wall but you could say you've padded your resume (laughs) zing zing (laughs) but like uh obvious that 
Barb is the matriarch, and Barb's emotions are kind of what what rules the discourse in every situation. And, and it kind of shows a little glimpse into perhaps why Peter is so vulnerable to the power of a woman who cries. Like he is, women's tears are his kryptonite. And we've seen that throughout this season. And that may be stemming from, you know, the river Barb. <laughs> the river Barb. I mean, you can just tell that he wants to be the good guy. He wants to be the dashing knight in shining armor for a lot of these women. And to be that for one woman means by default, you can't be that for the other 29 women. And that's where he gets hung up. And it's it's really unfortunate. I really hope that he gets therapy. If he and Madison were to stay together, I just hope they get lots of counseling. Um, I mean, personally, I mean, you're with me on this. Their values are just flat out not compatible. The depth and the breadth of emotional maturity that she displayed last night. Well, that's when we watched it um, in the finale. Just was so impressive. I mean, she is, I know she's only 24, but she was leaps and and so was Hannah Ann. Like they both were just leaps and bounds beyond Peter in being able to understand, articulate, and take responsibility for their words, their feelings, and their actions in a way that Peter just is completely incapable of doing. And it was very, very impressive. I think she can do better is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's just unfortunate. I, I, I feel bad for Peter. I, just, I feel like it's embarrassing to have these really personal family dynamics that are kind of ugly aired out for the entire world to see. You know, it, it makes them all look a little crazy. And it, it's it's unfortunate. It felt very... I actually found a really interesting interview with Chris Harrison from the day after. I'll actually keep the link on our show notes because I think it's really interesting to, to look at. He had a pretty good idea of what was going on until the Madison Barb back and forth. And he's like, I don't know where this is going to go. He got really worried. And so he did look visibly uncomfortable in his chair sitting there going, uh, well, as a parent, I can understand this, but also this is their story. I mean, he, he, he seemed to be put in a really uncomfy position of conflict in that moment. But I guess we'll just have to do a deep dive into his psyche later. Uh, for now, we're just going to close the chapter on this episode of Armchair Psychologist. So aside from the sheer wave of relief that I experience knowing that this season is over and the wave of anticipation I feel uh, about Lady Claire, we do have to talk about the, the product going out on the market uh, in the interim, and that is this whole love song side quest thing oh my gosh this looks so bad it looks really really bad um does anyone else feel any sort of anticipation about this uh listen to your heart situation bt dubs uh listen to your heart was peter's mantra for the last 10 episodes and it didn't really work out very well for him so maybe we should all just kind of put the heart on pause for a second yes to quote Rob Gordon, the character played by John Cusack in one of my favorite movies, High Fidelity. I've been listening to my gut forever, and I've come to the conclusion that my gut has shit for brains. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I feel about the advice to listen to your heart. Yeah. Oh, man. 
I'll just listen for you guys to tell me what what to think. I probably am not going to watch this show. No, you are not, because I'm not watching this, and you know we're in this together. Yeah, and we only have one TV, so I'll look forward to hearing your guys's comments on this. But uh, I think we're going to bow out. Something that we had talked about in the interim was actually going back through past seasons and kind of doing a bit of a rewatch. So maybe you, if you guys are interested in that, we were thinking about starting off with Ben Higgins' season. I watched it, but Josh was not yet on the Bachelor Nation fan train yet, not so yet. he needs to see uh, the Axeman as Griffin McElroy of, uh, of the Rose Buddies podcast, R.I.P. Rose Buddies. Oh, I missed that. Um, <laughs> He called him the axe man because of his uh, his decisive action throughout the season of just when something wasn't working out, he would axe it. And it was so it was so apt and it really was so satisfying to see a very decisive bachelor. So just the so it exact, could be a nice palate cleanser exact, from this. <laughs> yeah, the exact opposite of Peter, so is what you're saying. Yeah, it could be a nice palate cleanser from the very indecisive people pleaser Peter. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't even know. Okay, well, yeah, so... We'll just do kind of a greatest hits kind of thing. We'll start with Ben Higgins and see how that goes. And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep this wagon train going. We missed you guys during that three-week hiatus. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of ground to cover before Claire starts her journey of love. So, And if you would like to rewatch with us the entire season of Ben Higgins' Journey to Find Love is available on Amazon Prime for free. So you can watch with us, and we'll get that going soon. You can't afford not to watch it with us. So with that, we'll catch you next time. All of our contact info is on the show notes. Be sure to share this with a friend if you have anyone else in your life who's a fellow Bachelor Nation nerd. Uh, Until next time, cheers. Cheers.